guy named David, a guy who understood God's power and a guy who understood God's character. Uh, he talks about this, about who God is and, and how God displays his power and his character, his absolute ability. And he says this. I'm going to read a lot, and then we're going to unpack a little bit of it. it says this in Psalm 19.1. The heavens proclaim the glory of God. The skies display his craftsmanship. Day after day, they continue to speak. Night after night, they make him known. They speak without a sound or a word. Their voice is never heard. Yet their message is gone throughout the earth and their words to all the world. God has made a home in the heavens for the sun. It bursts forth like a radiant bridegroom after his wedding. It rejoices like a great athlete eager to run the race. The sun rises at one end of the heavens and it follows its course to the other end. Nothing can stand, nothing can hide from its heat. The instructions of the Lord are perfect, reviving the soul. The decrees of the Lord are trustworthy, making wise the simple. The commandments of the Lord are right, bringing joy to the heart. And the commandments of the Lord are clear, giving insight for living. Reverence for the Lord is pure, lasting forever. The laws of the Lord are true. Each one is fair. They are more desirable than gold, even the finest gold. They are sweeter than honey, even honey dripping from the comb. They are a warning to your servant and a great reward for those who obey them. Like this right here is the perfect power and character of God. It begins by looking at creation and everything that we go and see outside at night during the day. All these things point to the fact that God can do more than we could ever ask or imagine. The things that he's created, the way that he built the world to exist exactly where it is and not be too hot, not be too cold, not spin too fast or too slow. All these things down to the millimeter he nailed because he's a God with infinite ability and then it gets into his character. And it's thing after thing after thing about how good God is. And the reward for us in knowing God is that the more that we know of God, and people aren't like this, but the more that we know of God, the more amazing God is, the more holy God is, the more merciful and compassionate God is, the slower to anger he gets. The more we know of God, we, we understand how amazing he is. And again, that, that's, that flies in the face of of what happens as you get to know people. You know, one of the things that we say about life groups here, those are groups that meet throughout the week. And if you want to get into one of them, you can talk to uh, whoever's at the info table. They can line you up and all that mine uh, meets last week and next week. We go every other week. And then there's one that meets here in the afternoons that John and Brooke Swanson lead. And life groups are where you find out that everybody else is crazy. Right? Like that's just reality. The stuff that you keep buttoned down and make sure that nobody knows while you're at church, like get in a group and you realize, man, everybody is just like me, but maybe worse. And, <laughs> and God's not like that. You know, God is perfect. And the more that we know people, the more that we realize that people aren't God. And there's one statement that summarizes this so clearly for all of us. And it's within all of our pulse and our DNA and all of our lifestyle. And that's the idea of this. That you and I have become experts at living, at trying to live at peace with our sin. We've become experts at trying to live at peace with our sin. So for us Jesus people, sin is a big deal because that's what runs us away from God. That is a thing that needed to be dealt with for us to come into a relationship with God. It's not the way we vote. It's not the music we listen to. It's not the t-shirts that we wear. The big deal that matters to us as Christians, and if you're not a Christian, this is the thing that, that changes everything for us is that Jesus died for our sins. 
That God loves us. God saw us as broken people who need a relationship with him. That's why we love Jesus so much. And he came in and he dealt with our sin personally. He took it upon himself to make us right with God. And so for us to follow Jesus means that we're going to run everything in our lives towards Jesus. Even the stuff that is messed up, even the stuff where we have become fully at peace with, and that has become part of who we are. I was talking with someone this week, and they said, you're pretty hard on yourself, aren't you? And after looking at all this, I said, yes and no. Like some areas, yes, absolutely, I never want to do those things again. But for all of us, there are areas where we have gone soft, and if you're a Jesus follower, where you have willingly decided, I'm just going to live in this sin for however long we decide. We have become at peace with our sin. Like there's stuff inside of our lives that we just say, you know what, that probably needs to be changed, but I'm not going to change it now. We're soft on ourselves. Like no one can say, oh, I'm the toughest critic ever. No, God is, and we're like a distant fourth. Because we let stuff exist. So David talks about that, the guy who really knew and understood God. He just says, how can I know all the sins lurking in my heart? And then he goes into three types of sin. He says, cleanse me from these hidden faults. So that's hidden stuff. You know, that stuff is safe. There is no need for you to change that because no one knows. You've got it taken care of. No one knows. Keep your servant from deliberate sins. What are deliberate sins? I think these are the, these are the give up sins. You know, stuff in your life and mine where it's just like, man, I, I've given up on that. That's just who I am. I think, I think of Lent and what we're doing uh, as a church. We talked about this Wednesday night. As you head out, there are some trifold brochures that, with yellow paper on them stuff uh, that you can get on your way out. They talk about uh, taking between now and Easter as an intentional time to give something up to concentrate more on God in an area. So some of us have given up eating and social media and other stuff in parts of the day so that we can concentrate on God. And if you think, well, does that even work? Yeah, because you turn down the radio when you're looking for something. Right, Your ears don't need your eyes to work and your eyes don't need your ears. So when we turn down other things, our eyes can see and understand God better. So I look at the things in my life that I've just kind of given up on. I think, I don't want to give up on this anymore. I want breakthrough. I want victory. And, And what David's talking about here is we also have deliberate sins. The give up sins where they've existed for so long. This is just who I am. This comes up when we ask God to know us. Keep your servant from deliberate sins and don't let them control me. Controlling sins, man, that's the sin where we look at and we say, there's no hope. I'm addicted. This is bigger than me. This is bigger than who God is. And the answer to these sins, these hidden sins, the deliberate sins, the controlling sins, uh, is to be known by God. The answer is to be known by God and known by people. Medically speaking, we understand this, okay? Because nobody on the face of the earth has ever died from an unknown condition, all right? Your heart knew every Big Mac that you ordered and you ate, and your heart very much knew that this was a known condition. The rest of your body might not have a clue. But for God to come in, what God does is he knows our sin. He knows the stuff that we've made peace with, and he leads us out of our sin into freedom, He leads us out of sin into freedom. Like I said before, for us who are Jesus people, our sin is a big deal because that is the point where God brought in light. And that is the darkness that God began to work in and bring healing around. That's the point where everything changed. And God's word, the book that he wrote, the Bible, it's a surgeon's knife. 
What this does is it, it calls out the lie that, that we are actually worth knowing, that our secrets, our darkness, the stuff that lives inside of you and me is actually worth knowing to God. In Hebrews chapter four, verses 12 through 16, that's where we'll be for the rest of the time. It's a letter written to a group of people, kind of like us, who are living as Christians in a world that's not Christian, and they're asking two big questions. Does this work, and is it going to be worth it? Does this work, following God, bringing all of my life under God's authority and under God's control, does this actually work? And two, is this actually worth it? Is this going to pay off in the end? And so the writer of Hebrews, he says this in verse 12. He says, the word of God is alive and powerful. It's sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joint and marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes, and he is the one to whom we are accountable. Like that... None of that is good. Like none of that we read and we're like, oh man, that, is, that just brings up things that I want to spend all day in. Fully exposed before God. But the thing is, is God is somebody with whom we can trust. He's somebody with whom we can be honest. Someone who knows us, already knows all about us. And like a surgeon, he's going to take out what's bad and he's going to replace it with what's good. Like the man, think about this. Next time you go in for surgery, you know what it's going to be? You have all the pre-op. You stop eating like 12 days in advance or whatever it is, it's horrible. You even mark the arm, this arm, not this arm. You go to sleep, you wake up and there's a doctor there and he puts their hand on you and he's like, you know what, I just want you to know how much I love you. You know what my first question would be? Well, did it work? Like, is my arm back? Are we good now? The thing with God is he loves us and he works. He's like a surgeon's knife that, that he brings stuff into our lives. He gives us opportunities to, to turn from sin and turn to him. And yeah, I will be honest, it's not fun. But it's fun six weeks later. It's better six months later as God walks us through darkness into life. It's like a surgeon where he fixes it. And it's more than love, it's power to know us and deal with the stuff that only God knows about you and me. To give us opportunities to turn from it, opportunities to walk into light and away from darkness. And that's God's power. And the next verse is, is his character. And the media team is gonna put that on the screen. It says, this high priest of ours, he's talking about Jesus, understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin. So in light of how great Jesus is, in, love, in light of Jesus' love for you and for me, this is, our, this is our response. So we come boldly into the throne room of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy, and we will find grace to help us when we need it most. What's the answer? The answer is that God knows us. God sees us. God understands the areas where we're hard on ourselves, the areas where he's soft on ourselves, where we've let sin grow into his life. And like a surgeon, God wants to come in and God wants to cut it out. 
And God doesn't want to cut it out so that we feel bad about ourselves. God wants to cut it out so that we get to experience God's love for us, God's mercy for us, God's help for us when we need it most. I think that's a word for us here. This is Mountain View Sunnyside. What are we about? We're about letting God into the darkness of our lives and seeing him move, pulling us from darkness to life. If you're sitting in this place and you think, I don't think this is right for me because I've got too much, insert your thing here. That's not going to work here. Because what we've seen happen is we are a body of believers who understands how good God is in the midst of how broken you and I can be. And we find that wholeness at the foot of the cross. That's everything for us. Because God made Jesus, who never sins, to be the offering for our sin so we could be made right with God through him. And Jesus is the one who heals us. The cross of Christ is what reminds us that we are two things. We are more broken than we will ever know. And as we ask God to know us, that's going to come to the surface. That we are more broken than we will ever know. And with that comes the fact that we are more loved. We are more honored. We are more chased after. We are more sought after. We are more planned for. We are more arranged for. We are more blessed and covered in the love of Jesus than we will ever know. Than we'll ever know. That's the good news of Jesus. That's the way that Jesus comes into our lives and doesn't just let him go to the top of our life like a cherry on top of some big ice cream sundae that we've created in ourselves. But instead what he does is he gets in and he does work to make us more like him. That means that, yeah, when we ask God to know us, that there's going to be stuff to work through. There always is. Because if asking these questions was never dangerous, we would be doing it wrong, and faith with Jesus wouldn't be something worth pursuing. But instead, he's going to walk us into the darkness, walk with us through that to pull us to healing and pull us to real life and new life and changed life and holy life in him. Let's stand and pray.